Acts. Uh, the book of Acts, we've been talking about living in victory no matter what we are facing, right? No matter what we're facing, we're living in victory. And, and, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, through faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, we've been talking about that. And today's title is The Healing and Resurrection Power of Jesus Christ. The healing and resurrection power of Jesus Christ, Acts 9, 32 to 43. So speaking of healing, uh, I got my left eye done Thursday the 14th. You know, I got the other cataract done finally after seven months of waiting for the right eye to be in good shape, right? So I got it done. Thank you, Mel, for preaching. I got to watch that, and that was a real blessing. If you didn't get a chance to hear him or watch it yet, make sure you hear Mel's sermon. But it's a super sermon, very encouraging. Uh, so I got it done. On Friday, I could see pretty well. Remember last time it took me so long? On Friday, I could see pretty well with my left eye. On Saturday, it was amazing. Both eyes were just, it was crazy. It, was, it reminds me of going back from the TV I grew up with, with as a, on a, grew up watching as a kid. Remember those old TVs? To HD, you know? You know, did you ever go from your HD TV to go back to the old ones? And it's like, what? I, I actually watched that TV. Well, that's, <clears throat> and we liked it, right? But, uh, but it was crazy, although I still couldn't read. I was hoping I could read with this eye, so we've got to figure all that out. But it was, so I still need to wear the reading glasses for, you know, some things. But I, I, could, I could take these off. I could see great now. It's great. Uh, it's amazing. But I just can't read. And uh, so I got these. The, so, yeah. But. So then on Saturday, I could see great. On Sunday, I noticed something was a little weird. And I started doing this, you know, this and this and this. And my left eye was still amazing. I could see amazing, but my right eye was regressing. My right eye was regressing. And it's still regressing, and it's foggy and hazy and blurry and all that. And I'm like, what is going on, you know? And I went to get these temporary glasses done on my eye guy, uh, glasses guy, Dennis, uh, Newtown Optical. Great, great. Best in the country, I'm telling you. Unbelievable. But he's, he started bringing out lenses and turning them like this. And, and he's like, you know what? I think your stigma's returning in your right eye. And he's, you know, experimenting. So I got to go see my eye doctor tomorrow and figure out what's going on. I'm afraid to even tell her. I'm afraid she's going to start crying. I, I'm already crying. You know, I'm afraid we're going to be crying, you know, together. This can't be happening. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I wish I could just go see the Apostle Peter. If we could just, if only he had an office somewhere, the Apostle Peter. Or if he was just in church. Well, first of all, he'd be preaching. I'd let him preach, probably. But, uh, yeah, I'd let him preach. But, because but, wait till you see what happens here in, in Acts chapter 9. Wait till you see what happens. All right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for everyone who's being here <laughs> through many trials and, and struggles, but just knowing that we have victory no matter what we're facing through our faith in Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that if anybody who's here or watching this has never put their faith in your son Jesus, they would do that today. And for the rest of us, that this would move us forward in our walk in Christ. Our, we would take a step forward in our faith walk with Jesus Christ. I pray in his name. Amen. Okay, so let's read the passage first of all. Acts chapter 9, starting with verse 32. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, a paralytic who had been ridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Remember that. Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and take care of your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up. 
All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas, like a lot of you guys know, know her as Dorcas more when she was he, resurrected, who was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men, two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the windows stood around. All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon, which will lead us into the next time, okay? So, we first see that Peter heals a paralytic, a paralytic, okay? And I'm just going to read those couple verses again. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, a paralytic who had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter, said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and take your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. So first we see he heals this paralytic, although he makes clear that who really healed him? Yeah, it's not, not, not Peter, it's Jesus. Jesus Christ heals you. He made that very, very clear. And it's impossible to miss the parallel with another passage. What does this just jump out at us? Another, another parallel with this. Yes, the healing of the paralytic. When Jesus heals the paralytic, right? Roof rippers. Remember the roof rippers? And I'll just uh, read. Uh, I'll re- I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it from Mark, the story from Mark. A few de- uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Look, look at these parallels. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. Roof rippers, that's right, I said roof rippers. And after digging through it, lowered the mat and the paralyzed man, the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that, that what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, take your mat, get up, take your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Do you see the parallels? Amazing, right? Impossible to miss. And Peter was there. Peter was there. 
And then right after that, and back to Acts, we see that Peter raises a woman from the dead. Back to Acts chapter 9. I'm going to read that again. Uh, verse 36. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated as Dorcas, who was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Do we see the parallels? Amazing parallels, right? Notice, remember, uh, it just it's, it's, it, we see another crazy parallel. What does this remind us of? What's that? Okay, Lazarus was one, but there's another one that even is closer connected. In the book of Mark. Yes, the little girl, the little girl. And let's look at these parallels here. Now, as I read this, uh, this is Mark chapter 5, verse 35. Remember what we just saw in Acts with Peter. And watch what happens now here in verse 35 of Mark 5. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler your daughter is dead they said why bother the teacher anymore ignoring what they said jesus told the synagogue ruler don't be afraid just believe he did not let anyone follow him except peter james and john the brother of james when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with them and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. It's impossible to miss the parallels here, right? The parallels. Unbelievable. And now notice something. Peter was one of the few that Jesus took with him on this trip of, of resurrection, and he's one of the few that he allowed to be in that room, right? And we notice back in Acts, when we get, we'll get to Acts 9, we notice that Peter imitates Jesus exactly, right? He does the same things. There's only one thing that he didn't imitate exactly. Anybody catch the difference between the two passages, Mark 5 and Acts 9? The one thing that Peter did differently than Jesus. He didn't be afraid to not say anything about it. Okay, that, that's true. He didn't say not to say anything about it. Because this, why, why is that? 
Right, in Mark 5, wasn't his time, but in Acts 9, Jesus has already been resurrected. But there's something else in the healing process that he did differently. Yeah, yeah, Jesus didn't get on his knees and pray. Peter got on his knees and prayed to whom? Jesus. See, that's the only thing different. The only thing different. He got he, and he got his knees and prayed because he knew back in Acts nine thirty four. What did Peter say in Acts nine thirty four? Peter said to him, "Jesus Christ heals you." Said that to the the paralytic, but it's the same difference with the the dead the dead woman. Jesus Christ is the one doing the healing, not Peter, right? And that's why we have. That's why he has to pray. That's why we have to pray too. Now, what, we see these powerful stories in Acts. And in the New Testament. And we, we, why is healing so rare in the USA today? Why is it so rare now? Why is it so rare? And there's several reasons that, I, that hit me why it's rare. So, one positive, one negative. Uh, the one thing that really jumps out is, is that we don't need Jesus Christ. We don't need him in America, right? We have medicine. We have doctors. We have Dr. Fauci and science telling us how to be healed and protected and never die. Isn't it true? But that, that's, what, that's what we think here in America. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with doctors, except I do have a problem with Dr. Fauci. But we won't go into that. But, but there's nothing wrong with doctors. Luke was a doctor. He wrote the book of Acts. He was a doctor. And he did lots of practicing. You know, not everybody was healed the same. You know, they, these were special miracles. But, but there's nothing wrong with doctors. But what should our first option be as a Christian when we have a need, when we have a, a problem? Prayer. That's, that's what we really say. Let me say this. Who should it be? Who's our first option? Jesus, right? That's our first option. Praying to Jesus. That's our first option. Before we try anything else, we should get on our knees and, and, and pray. That should be our first option whenever we face any kind of medical, emotional, mental, spiritual struggle. That should always be our very first option. But often, that's our last option, isn't it? We try everything and then you hear people say, all that we can do now is pray. You know, right? I mean, how many times do we say it? Or we hear doctors say it? Or we hear people say, you're watching a movie. All we can do now is pray. You know, you know that's all that's left is prayer. And, you know, and, and, but that's why we don't see more healing. We should see a lot more healing, right? We should see a lot more. We're not New Testament. We're not apostolic power. No, no, no. But we should see a lot more healing because healing is still for today. But that's why we, we hear so many stories of healing in third world countries. You hear these crazy stories of these, these countries that don't have access to the medicine. Uh, and you hear so many of these, these healing stories because that's the only option. For us, it's the last option often. But for them, it's the only option. Either God heals them or that's it, you know. Another, that's a negative reason. Another reason why, uh, I'm going to give you a positive one. Another reason we don't see as much healing today in the USA today, in the world today, is because we have God's word. Now, follow me on this. We have God's word. You see, you study church history. When the Bible was completed, when the canon was completed, when Revelation was written, 
When that happened, when the, the apostles finished their ministry and they were all martyred, when that happened, the miracles slowed down. They didn't stop. God always heals. Through every age, God can still heal when it's in his will, when it's in his purpose. God still heals. But, but miracles slowed down. Why? What was the purpose of the miracles here in Acts? What was the purpose of Jesus performing miracles? What was the purpose? Right, demonstrate who he is. What was something else? Signs. What's that? Confirm the word. Right. That that's why there were miracles to prove that Jesus was God's son. Everything you said is exactly right. To prove that Jesus was God's son and that we could be saved by putting our faith in him. That was the whole point of miracles. All throughout the New Testament, Jesus and the apostles, that was the point. In fact, back to Acts chapter 9. Look at what happens after these, this happened. Verse, uh, verse 35. All who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Look at the result, right? Verse 42. This became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. See what happened? That was the purpose of the miracles. So, so that people could, so they proved that Jesus was God's son. He could save them if they put their faith in him. But once God's word was available, once it was established, once the canon was complete, we call that the canon, the 66 books in the Bible is called the canon. When that was completed, it was miracles were no longer needed to believe in Jesus Christ. Understand that we miracles are no longer needed. If we have a Bible in our, in our possession or we have access to a Bible, miracles are not needed to believe in Jesus Christ. When God's word is available, that is all that is necessary for salvation. That's it. Amen. That's it. And people will say, well, if I just saw this or that, that's not true. Because they have God's word. If they won't believe the word, then they're not going to believe even the miracle. And you need proof of that? Listen to what Jesus taught. Uh, Jesus taught in Mark, uh, Luke, Luke 16. and Luke 16, verse 19. I think I started on the wrong one there, guys. Go to verse 19. Uh, yeah, there we go. All right. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple. Jesus is telling this story. And it, it's not a parable. How do we know it's not a parable? Because he uses the person's name. He never uses a, a, a real name of a person in a parable. He just says a man or something. Because this one, he uses Lazarus' name. Not the Lazarus who's resurrected from the dead. It's a different Lazarus. But whenever this is, he's using someone's actual name. So we know this is an actual story. Something that really happened. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. At this time, remember, uh, Hades had two sides. It was Abraham's bosom and the punishment side. And they were side by side. And apparently they could see each other at this time. After Jesus died and, and, and paid for sins, he went and took 
Everybody, the apostles, one of the creeds, he descended into hell. He didn't go into hell and be pinched by demons and burned for three days. That's not what happened. Jesus descended into Hades, Abraham's bosom side, and took the, 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 those who had died in faith, Abraham's seed, he took them up to heaven because now they could be in God's presence because sin was paid for. Before this, they, they, were, they were saved, they had faith in God, but they couldn't go into God's presence because sin had not been atoned for yet. But after the cross, it was atoned for, and he took everybody up. But this is, this is where there's Abraham's bosom, and that's why there's the burning hell side. The burning hell side is still there, and someday that's going to be thrown into the lake of fire. All right? It's permanent. All right? So anyway, back to this here. He says... Um, uh, uh, let's see, um, I'm in agony and fire. Verse 25, but Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things while Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He, once again, proof that you hell is not temporary and you can't get out of it. There's no such thing as purgatory. There's no such thing as you've served your time. You're going to be able to cross over. It's permanent. All right. Verse 27. He answered, then I beg you, father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them. So that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses. And the prophets, let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the, I'm keeping it in suspense, even though you can already read it. Well, I'm going to read it here. I can't even get the Torah. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises. From the dead. Was that prophetic? The Pharisees wouldn't listen to Jesus. And they weren't convinced after he rose from the dead. And now they're in hell. It, it, we, God's word is enough. God's word is enough to save us. And even if there was some crazy miracle and resurrection from the dead, those with unbelieving hearts will not believe will not believe that's all that's needed so we so once god's word was available miracles were no longer needed to believe in jesus christ and we see this in church history and we see this reality today but we also see the flip side in countries that are restricted where god's word is prohibited guess what we see much more often miracles because they don't have god's word they don't have God's word. And we see many miracles in these countries where there's no God's word. Uh, there's people, you hear of people having visions that lead them to salvation. Muslims all over Muslim countries where there's no Bible. Having visions. Jesus calling them to salvation. And they become Christians and find a Christian somewhere. And, and, and you hear these stories coming out. It's just crazy. We hear powerful healing miracles being done in countries where, where, where God's word has been banned. Powerful healing stories are common in places like China. I, 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 you read these stories, 
It's crazy. Res- someone resurrected from the dead. I was reading, you, know, you hear these, it's not that uncommon. There's a village of Chinese people and, and someone is actually raised from the dead by a Christian. And the whole village converts completely. Over and over, if you don't read Voice of the Martyrs, you don't read Open Door you know, Ministries, there's stories that are coming out. It's crazy, crazy. But and I believe as we get closer to the return of Jesus Christ, as we enter the time of revelation, we're going to see a lot more of this. As we get, as we get t- closer to the time of Jesus, as we start to live out the book of Revelation, we're going to see a lot more of this very same thing. Because God's word will not be available. It won't be available like it is now. So miracles will be needed to back up our witness, to back up the witness of the Christians who are witnessing during this time. It's going to be just like the book of Acts. People are going to be getting saved because of miracles and the witness that goes along with that. And they're not going to have the Bible, but they're going to hear our witness. And people are going to be getting saved through that. God's word will be banned. You read the book of Revelation, it's going to be banned. You won't be able to get it on your phone. You better start memorizing it now. You won't be able to get it. Trust me. The Bible teaches this. And so even just memorize a verse a week. Start memorizing now. A verse a week. That's all it takes. Start memorizing. It will be considered, the Bible, God's word will be considered hate speech. Can you imagine that happening? (laughs) We're here, aren't we? It's going to be considered misinformation. It's going to connect the dots. It's going to be banned by, you know, you know, the, you know, all these big tech companies going to ban it. You know, you say, oh, that'll never happen. Well, it's already happening. Uh, news, news. Apple enables China's war on faith in its app store. Here we go. Last week, it was reported that a Bible app, Bible app had been removed from Apple's app store in China following pressure from the Chinese government. This is hardly surprising behavior from the Chinese Communist Government uh, Party, <clears throat> but now an American company has been enlisted to do its dirty work. Can you believe they would do that? The Chinese government has ramped up restrictions limiting Chinese citizens' access to the Bible overall. Physical copies of the Bible can no longer be purchased online in China. Christian businessmen have been prosecuted prosecuted for selling audio Bibles online, and the Chinese Communist Party has announced that it is developing developing its own version of the Bible that will embrace socialist values. It's coming here. It's coming here. Connect the dots. We're, we're a hop, skip, and a jump away from this, aren't we? And it's not just in China. In, in Finland, here we go. In Finland, the, uh, this is a, David Jeremiah wrote an article recently. The eyes of the world are on Finland where a prominent politician and medical doctor, uh, I don't know how to say her name, we'll call her Pavi, <coughs> faces, I don't speak Finnish, uh, fin, fin, what do they speak? Anyway, uh, she faces criminal charges because she quoted the Bible on social media. She is a Christian who holds a biblical view about human sexuality and defends the scriptural position on marriage. Now she may go to prison for posting Bible verses on those subjects online. And then he says, someone said, truth sounds like hate to those who hate truth. 
truth sounds like hate to those who hate truth. This is this is the Europe. And is, 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 I, are we having trouble connecting the dots to the USA today? It's going to be here any minute. They're already doing it. They're already taking down stuff, Facebook and, and YouTube. i got to be careful what I say. I don't want this to be knocked off. You know who has been doing you know what. I'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. All right, because I want this to be up. See if you can uh, edit that, Rob. <laughs> you know who did you know what. All right, thank you. Uh, but it, it, it's happening already. It's happening already. Uh, we will need more miracles. We will see more miracles as we get closer to the time of Jesus Christ because God's word will be outlawed. It's already being censored. It's already being squelched. It's already been removed from schools and government and, and, and washed off of the government, you know, our monuments. And it's, it's being scrubbed, you know, from our history is being rewritten. Remember, we used to watch, I remember as a kid reading about Russia, they would take they would edit photos and take people they would disappear from the photo or they would change their history and i'm like oh they're so bad I'm like we're way worse than the ussr ever was right it's crazy what we're we're doing but god's words can be outlawed we will need more miracles we will see more miracles we will also need miracles for another reason we will need miracles of healing because that will be our only option why We won't be able to get medical. The true Christians, I'm not talking about the fake ones that are being weeded out right now, but I'm talking true Christians won't be able to go to the doctor, won't be able to get medicine. It's going to be even harder than getting, well, I'm not going to say that, but you know what now, right? So, but we won't, we won't be able to do it because, because it's going to be against the law. We just saw, we just studied this in our home fellowship. If you want to visit home fellowship, we have one tonight. We're doing Revelation 14, but Revelation 13, it says this, what happened is, uh, he also forced, talking about the Antichrist, he also forced everyone small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand and on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is a man's number. His number is 666. We will not be able to, if you're a true Christian, you won't take the mark. If you won't take the mark, whatever that is, is probably a chip on the inside and a tattoo on the outside to show that you've taken it. But can you imagine this happening? We just can't even picture this, could we? It's like sci-fi, isn't it? Uh, this we are not going to be able to go to doctors we will be totally dependent on prayer and jesus christ to heal us and it's coming quickly it's coming quickly which is why god will send a second pentecost as the return of jesus christ gets closer just like they had the first one with all these crazy miracles and all this having god's going to send a second pentecost before the second coming did you know that in the book of Joel, verse 228 to 32, it says it. He says, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. 
And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For there will be, for on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord has called. Talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ and what's going to happen leading up into that. And if you read the book of Daniel and Revelation, you know what's, uh, what, what's coming. This is all laid out there in a couple of verses. But the key is he's going to pour out his Holy Spirit in a powerful way. It will be just like the book of Acts. We're going to see persecution and the power of the Holy Spirit both hand in hand, just like the book of Acts, only on steroids. It's going to be unbelievable. Are we prepared? Are we preparing ourselves spiritually getting ready for this i talked about the home fellowship you guys are welcome we're meeting tonight uh anybody wants to come but but you i have this online series daniel revelation what in the world is going on making sense of the crazy world 80 sermons going from daniel to revelation we have to be prepared everything that's happening in our country right now everything happening in the world is is in the bible this is, shouldn't catch us unaware, shouldn't shock us, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. We should be ready for this. Are we ready? Are we, we'd better learn to live by the Holy Spirit's power now. We better learn to start living by faith now, just like the book of Acts. We don't have to wait for all this. We can start learning to live by faith now. Only, that's the only way that we're going to be ready for what is coming to the United States today and what's going to be coming to this world very soon in the time of Revelation, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And when people see us living in the Holy Spirit's power, it's going to impact them. Just like Acts 9, people are saved. It's going to impact them, but we don't have to wait till Revelation. Uh, it, 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 can, it should be happening now. When people see miracles in our life, they're going to turn to God. And the physical miracles are exciting, very, very exciting, but, but not as common as they were now or as common as they will be soon, right? They were very common in Acts. They're going to be very common in, in, the, in the time of Revelation. They're not as common, but they're still happening. But, but we still see healing. We see them all the time. Our prayer team, we see healings all all the time we constantly are praying for healing sometimes god says yes sometimes he says no sometimes he says wait but we're still praying constantly right constantly for miracles all the time for healings for salvations for for for, for all kinds of stuff they're exciting but but we can all this is guaranteed we can all experience spiritual miracles the, the, the physical miracles are exciting, but they're way secondary to the spiritual miracle that we're all guaranteed. We can all experience spiritual healing in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in our lives. We're expected to do that as Christians. Every one of us. And when people see that in our life, they're going to get saved when they see, see what's going on. And that's the whole point of the physical miracles. The whole point was that people would put their faith in Jesus and be healed spiritually. Right? It, the physical miracles aren't the focus. I always hate that with these guys on TV and they focus on the physical miracles. That's not the point. The spiritual is the point. It, the, the whole point of, of the physical healings and the resurrection and acts that we just saw was to, to lead to salvation. The whole point of all the miracles is to save us and to prepare us for the spiritual healing and the, 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 the resurrection power. That's the whole point. And every one of us should be experiencing that and living that. And when people see God's healing power in our life, they see the spiritual healing that's taking place. When they see his resurrection power in our life, which was what Mel was preaching on last week, right? When they see that, they're going to get saved. 
They're gonna, that's proof to them. They're going to see us walking in a brand new life. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 13. How many times have I read it, right? 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 13. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that's what some of you were. But you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That's what we were. People should be able to look at us and say, where did he go? What happened to him? That's what he was. But he's not that anymore. And when they, say, they get a little close enough to hear what's going on, we can tell them. It's because Jesus has washed us, sanctified us, justified us, just as if I never sinned, justified us. That's what Jesus has done. That's what his spirit has done in our life. And when people see that, they're going to take notice. They're watching us closely. Is this going to last? Is this for real? Right? And, and then when, we, when, we do, when God opens the door, we do witness to him and share with them. They're gonna, their ears are going to be open. Their eyes have been open already. Their ears are going to be open when we share John 3.16, which we should be telling everybody. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the key to healing. That's the key to the true miracle of spiritual healing and resurrection power, living forever with Jesus someday, living in that power now. That's the key, putting our faith in Jesus, believing in Jesus, turning away from sin and asking for forgiveness and coming to the cross and putting our faith in Jesus Christ. That is the whole key. And we're going to end just in a minute. Chuck's going to come up here and share in just a minute how you can share that even a little more clearly. Uh, are you, though, saved? Before, I'm going to close in prayer first. So are you saved? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ? Put your trust in him completely to wash away the sin and, and, and make you a child of God. Have you done that? You can do that right now and when we go to this time of prayer. Christians, are we, are we living out our sanctification we've been saved but are we sanctified are we living living in and living out the power of jesus christ in our life are we doing that are we seeing progressive sanctification are people seeing the difference in our life are we are they they seeing not just some some physical exciting healings but but also seeing the spiritual healing happening in our life are we sharing that let's pray How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? He's here right now. His word is right here. He is right here. He's speaking to our hearts. He's ever, anybody who's put their faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is inside of you right now speaking to us. How is he speaking to us right now? Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is calling you, convicting you. Drawing you to faith. Don't wait. Don't let Satan steal the seed planted in your heart right now. Don't listen to him. Put your faith in Jesus Christ right now. Surrender your life now. Give your life to Jesus now. The simple but powerful prayer of faith.
God, I want to put my faith in Jesus. I don't want the sin. I don't want the garbage. I don't want any of that. I repent of all of that. I repent and ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in your son, Jesus. I know he died for me on that cross. I know he gave his blood for me. To wash me. To justify me. Just as if I never sinned. I put my faith in him. I give my life to Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, something amazing, incredible, eternally has just happened to you. You've just given up your seat in hell, and you've just got your reservation ticket to heaven. You now have an eternity with Jesus in heaven someday. But even better, it gets even better. You now have a relationship with Jesus right now. You can talk to him anytime. He will give you mercy and grace, pouring out his spirit anytime you ask. You now have a relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit is living in you. And your life will never be the same from now through all of eternity. And if you have prayed that prayer of faith, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe you're here with a family member or friend. Maybe you know someone at work or at school or some Christian somewhere. Let somebody know so that we could. And if you don't ever tell me, tell me on the way out. Email me, text me, let me know. Because we want to be excited for you and encourage you in your new faith in Christ. For those of us already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? We, we already have salvation, but, but the Holy Spirit may be speaking to us about sanctification. Sanctification. Are we seeing progressive sanctification? Progressive healing in our life. Progressive resurrection power in our life. Maybe we're stuck. Maybe something's got us. Maybe we have a stronghold in our life. If that's the case, what will we do? What specifically do we need to do to break that log jam? to break the dam open, to get moving forward again. What do we need to do? Maybe it's something that has haunted us and got us, and we're going to have to tell somebody. Confess your sins one to another. There's, we're going to have to tell somebody, whether it's me or tell a, a Christian brother or sister that you trust, someone you can trust. Maybe it's a, going to one of the groups. Maybe it's a Christian counselor. But you're going to have to talk to someone and get your healing and get your freedom. What specifically? Maybe there's something in our life that we have to remove 
We have to cut it out of our life. Some thing or some person even or some place that we like to go that's pulling us down. And we have to make that decision in order to reach my full potential in Jesus Christ. This has to go. It's got to go. And I'm going to find someone to hold me accountable on, on it going. And finally, who is God calling us to impact, to witness to, to share our faith, to live out our faith in front of them? Who is God putting on our mind, our heart right now, burning into our hearts and minds right now? Someone that we, he wants us to show the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that every one of us would live in your Holy Spirit's power, in the healing power of Jesus Christ, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. I pray that we would be prepared for what is already hitting us here in the USA today, but what's even coming more intensely. We would be prepared spiritually in the word. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.